They say that experience is the best teacher, and the best way to learn from experience is to learn from others who have already found success. For this season of the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast, Michael has lined up a great group of successful people who will share their stories of how they got started and some powerful lessons from their accomplishments. He'll also be introducing you to people who are just starting on their entrepreneurship journey to share what they've learned so far. Success is not just about money, and we'll meet some people who have been successful in very unique ways. Entrepreneurship is an exciting journey, and we're glad to be along for the ride with you. Here's your host, the guy who knows a guy, Michael Whitehouse. Welcome to the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. I am the guy who knows a guy himself, and today our guest is Katrina Sawa. She is the CEO and founder of Jumpstart Your Biz Now. She is lovingly known as the Jumpstart Your Biz Coach because she kicks her clients into high gear, making more money doing what they love and fast. She is the creator of the Jumpstart Your Marketing and Sales System, 10x international best-selling author with 16 books, including Love Yourself Successful, Jumpstart Your New Business Now, and the Jumpstart Your Blank series. So welcome, Katrina, to the show. Thanks, Michael. Good to be here. So I, I already gave some potential answers to this question, but in your opinion, what makes you awesome? <laughs> I get a lot done with uh, <laughs> in the time that I have, I guess. I don't know. I'm really good at figuring out the what people need to do. I'm very intuitive and direct. Ah, that does sound powerful because I, I can very effectively squeeze 15 minutes of work into two hours. <laughs> right that's not much of a trick not good yeah this, yeah less less good less good um so so you can squeeze two hours of work into 15 minutes yeah sometimes depending on what it is okay <laughs> so how did you get started what what is the superhero origin story of the jumpstart your biz coach right so i used to be in newspaper advertising sales like 22 years ago <laughs> mm. uh, i used to knock on doors in my local area here in the sacramento california area and you know try to get people to book out ad put ads in the paper and they would give me their business card and say here run this as my ad for this oh. week only and see if it's you know and i'll check it out and i'm like uh, no, I'm not going to take your business card. Nobody cares about your logo or your fax number or your whatever. Like you either do it my way and you do it 13 weeks in a row minimum, or I don't take your money because this uh -huh. is how it works. So yeah, I had to school a lot of people because they just mm. didn't know what they didn't know. Yep. <laughs> I, I, and, I like that enthusiasm there. Yeah. And I was just really consultative. Uh, so I would like, you know, to get people in the store, we do special offers. And then I would tell them what to do when they got in the store, which most ad reps didn't do. I'd say, oh, mm -hmm. do this, do that. And then, oh, and the follow up and then, oh, build a database. And then, oh, send something in the mail and, oh, do this. And I just realized that most business owners didn't know what they didn't. They just didn't know how to really run a successful business. They knew they threw a bunch of spaghetti on the wall and hoped it stuck. Right. And mm -hmm. so. That's how I leaped out into helping business owners with their marketing originally. And then it just grew into all the different things regarding their business after that over time. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. so, so how did you learn all this about marketing? You know, I, I have a degree in marketing, business oh. marketing. Hope you learned something there. That's not where I learned it. I mean, come on. We learn it from the stuff that we do in our jobs. And I was in yep. sales jobs. I was in retail. I was a bartender, always selling people up to the top shelf, right? And so, I mean, I learned through all the jobs that I was in and was, I guess I was just really good at knowing a lot of stuff around how to really maximize your business. 
Yeah. Well, it sounds like someone's just paying attention. Yeah. You know, so being yes. taking advantage of working at the bar to to gain those skills. And, yeah. And but there's bartenders that don't know how to make a buck. So like, <laughs> so yeah. I I guess I'm just sales and marketing oriented, and mm-hmm. my mom always laughs because she has no idea how I came out like this because she is so <laughs> the opposite. <laughs> Yeah, but but yeah, I I love that concept of of, kind of telling the clients what they need to do because I, I I published a magazine uh, here in Connecticut before the pandemic and um and one of the rules out of out of the home office of the company was that campaigns were twelve to thirty six months yeah. not six months not three months because the monthly magazines so you had to have right. that continuity or it just wouldn't you know just wouldn't have an impact and so many people did that you know yeah I'll try it for a month I'll try it for two months well yeah. you can't. Try, it's like trying yeah. a diet for two for a day or two. Yeah, and, and you if gotta, you did, then you have to do fifty percent off of everything in your store, something like insane. So you get a bunch of people in, and then you get their, but then you have to get their contact information. People are, yeah. Anyways, it's they just don't know. Oh, I'll give ten percent off and one ad and try it out. Like nobody cares about ten percent. Uh huh. ten percent, whatever. Although what's funny is I, you know, I, I don't know if they do it out there, but we have sales tax weekends out here yeah. in Connecticut and, and Massachusetts and sometime in August for one weekend, there's no sales tax on anything under things under $2,000 or it's a couple other exceptions. Uh, cars yeah. don't count, but so, you know, sales tax is was 7% now. So a sales tax weekend is just a 7% discount. It's not that right. much, but the, but when you say pay no sales tax, people are like, Oh wow. I love not paying taxes. You know, yeah. they skip over the 30% sale. But they'll come rushing like it's Black Friday and for a seven percent right? sales tax holiday. It's the perception. It's the yep. perception. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yeah, yeah. And talk a little about that that perception. Ways that businesses can use that to to really push their message. Right. Well, like way back then, when you're talking about deals, and even now, like if you're uh, the perception of giving a hundred dollars off a thousand dollar thing is mm-hmm. so much greater. And more exciting than giving 10% off a thousand dollar thing. That so it sometimes it's the dollar amount that you have to say instead of the percentage, and sometimes it's the other way around too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yep. so we can still use that in today's world. I mean, how you're giving deals off, some people want to give you know 10% off nowadays. You don't do the percentage as much, especially for online businesses, mm-hmm. you do dollar amounts or you throw in bonuses, right. And so a lot of times um, your clients or your prospects are going to want your service or product, but they also want this other thing over here. If you can throw the other thing in over here to make it a really juicy offer as a bonus, then oftentimes they'll buy on the spot. So yep. that's a really good way to think about it instead of discounting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And of course, with discounting, is always a danger of, of uh, changing the perceived value. Yeah. You do have to show the value. Um, when I help people price their stuff, mm-hmm. um, we always try to, uh, show the highest possible value. If you worked with me, like for example, if it was a group program, you work with me one-on-one on this and your one-on-one time plus all the resources and things you're going to throw in. So there's been this, you know, big value of what it costs, but because you're doing it as a group or because you're here today, you, you can offered at a much lower price. So mm-hmm. the pricing strategies, um, a lot of times people don't know what they're doing with that and they don't get it. So yeah. Yeah. No, no that's huge. Like every discount has to have a reason. Can't just be like, Oh, 10% off. Cause uh, you know, what if, you know, it has to be 10% <laughs> off today only. So 
you are doing well, it today, so I'm giving you 10% off. Or exactly. you are, yep. You want to give them an incentive to buy now because, well, and the other reason is because the world is so busy. And so your prospects, when you finally have their attention, whether it's on a call or a one-on-one or a group thing or you're speaking mm-hmm. or you catch them in a messaging system somehow, when you have their attention you and they're interested in your stuff, you have to get them to decide and invest today because they're going to go off in the world and they're going to go deal with 14 other challenges and obstacles and other things that they've got going on and they'll completely forget about your offer and it'll be lost on the table. Yeah. So you, people always say they don't want to be salesy, but you do need to be assertive. Mm-hmm. You need to be more assertive if you really want to like make, get the client that day or whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's always interesting talking to the, the new salespeople who are like, no, no, I think things are going great because I had like three prospects say they're going to think about it. So, yeah. you know, they're thinking about it right now. I'm like, the, they're not thinking about it. They've already forgotten you. Yeah. The thinking about it just means that you haven't shown the value yet or yeah. they don't trust you yet and you have to mm-hmm. establish more uh, relationship um, or they just don't understand what you're offering or it's confusing. Yep. Yeah. And they're just trying to get away. So, Yep. Yes. Yeah, so, so, so if you do have those clients who are, who are thinking, and of course, if you're doing it in like a webinar sales structure, think about it just means they've left. Um, yeah. Yeah. You well, can't can call just... them, like, you don't have a way to call them back. They've, they're, they're thinking out the door. They're not going to, they're, they're not necessarily coming back in. But if, if you are in that, you know, one-on-one setting, you're working with someone and, and they're thinking about it, what would you, what might you say to them? Well, what is it that you need to think about? <laughs> like, let's get to the heart. Is it, is it the price? Do you not understand what you're going to get? Do you see that it's going to help you with the problem that you said you had? Um, do you have to talk to somebody else to make the decision? What is it that you're thinking or considering? Yeah. You have to ask those questions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're just going to let them go, right? Mm-hmm. So that's not being salesy. It's being, it's it's actually being, it's serving the client to try to get them to a decision. It's okay if they don't buy, but but thinking about it, stay, it like, Indecision is a decision. So if they stay mm-hmm. in indecision, then they're not getting where they need to go. Yeah. So if it's you or somebody else, we'll at least get them to a decision, I say. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think one challenge too for a lot of people, their, their first job in sales is selling someone else's crap they don't believe in. Yeah. And I so know. so they, they can't, they don't feel comfortable pushing people to take action because they're like, yeah, I probably wouldn't buy this either. So if you don't want to... <laughs> You're, you're as smart as me, I guess, you know, let it go. And then when they do end up selling their own product or their own coaching service, their own, something they do believe in, they're so in the habit of thinking, encouraging a positive decision is something you do to the prospect, not something you do for the prospect. Yeah. I had no problem. My first job was selling ice cream. So (laughs) that was, I was all over that one scoop, two scoop or three scoop. (laughs) That's more order taking than really selling. No, no, I had to sell. I sold up into through two. You know, you want, you're deciding between these two. Just get them both. Come on, like uh-huh. you deserve it. That's selling. That's, that's oh, okay. Selling. Ah, so you were so you weren't just order taking. Yeah, no, I mean, there's yeah, order take. I was never an order taker. I worked in a lot of restaurants, mm-hmm. um, and I mean, I've sold Cutco cutlery, which was the thing you're talking about. Where it's like, oh, they're good knives, but I was you know 19 or something, mm-hmm. and I didn't really cook that much, and so I was like, well. They're awesome. <laughs> this is the best $65 knife on the market. I don't know why you need one, but if you did, 
This is the best one. I still use them today. They're Me amazing. Me too. Me too. That's yeah. <laughs> uh, yep, yep, people keep Cutco. I, I've sold Cutco and I sold life insurance. I'm pretty sure people kept the Cutco longer. Right. <laughs> so, that's quite a thing. So, so tell me about your, your Jumpstart Your Blank series. Um, so what's, what yeah. is that? So how, how many books are in that series now? Well, I have 60 authors that have written a chapter in the Jumpstart Your Blank series. So it's a compilation book, anthology, right? So there's multiple authors in each book, and I've been doing it for four years now. This will be my fifth year, and every year we've gone to international bestseller. And the fun thing is it becomes that lead generation tool for the author. So Mm -hmm. I get them to write a practical chapter about whatever it is they help people jumpstart. So if you're a health coach, you write Jumpstart Your Health or Fitness or Nutrition. If you're a sales coach, you write Jumpstart Your Sales or Profits mm-hmm. or, you know. Um, and so you can write whatever you want as long. And then hopefully it, you have something at the end of the chapter where it leads to your website where they can find out more and get on your email list and get other things. Yep. So that's the goal of this book um, is to really help it people leverage more leads with it. So when you're doing a, a multi-author book like that, um, mm-hmm. is, is this primarily a lead generation tool or is, or is you split the revenues or what, what's the back end structure or something like that? So the authors pay to be in the book. I oh, mean, even better. That seems like yeah. a great way to split. <laughs> it's yeah. Well, yeah, because it's a lot of work to put a book together. So right. I've put now eight or nine different books together at least. And it's, I mean, it's hours and hours and hours of first reading through the chapters to make sure the chapters make sense Mm -hmm. and suggesting other content the authors throw in or edit out if they write too much. And then, you know, having it be cohesive. The first time I did a book like that, I had so many different writing styles. It was ridiculous. Mm -hmm. I had no idea how much work it was going to be. I had someone who just wrote a few bullets about what they were helping people with. I had someone who wrote like a big old long traumatic story. I had someone who gave like sightings of resources and very technical, critical thinking kind of a chapter. And then I had like me who like conversational type of chapters and teaching. And I had Mm -hmm. to change them all to make them fit the same style. So I had to figure out what the style was. So that book, I don't know, it probably took me 120 hours of my time, right? Yeah. It takes a lot of work to put a book together. And then you have to get an editor and a cover designer and a layout person and you have to put it online. And then you do Amazon bestseller campaign, which is a 36 hour thing that you really have to be present at your computer to keep checking stats and keep marketing and getting people to buy the book for, you know, 99 cents that day. So all of that's included. And so it is a lot of work. So yeah, people pay to be an author because then they don't, all they have to do is write one chapter and then boom, they're a published author, right? Oh, and somebody else is doing the work. But yes, if you have a community, you should gather 10 to 20 authors or people from your community and put a book together yourself with your own brand. And I even help people do that. So you find this, you find the authors and then I teach them what to do. I help them with the chapters. I do all the work in the behind me and my team and you make twenty to forty thousand dollars as the producer of the book. Oh. Yeah, that's so a, it's great for both sides, really. Yeah, it's a win-win because you need to be an author these days. Mm-hmm. You really yep. do. And, and and so for the participants, what they're getting is is exposure and being in the book, and people read their their chapter and say, "This guy sounds great. This gal sounds great." How and promotion, and you and it's one of your books, right? So I wrote a chapter in three different compilation books. Uh, somebody else's book before I wrote my own full book. 
And because it was easy, I, I was so focused on building the business. I didn't have time to write a whole book. So I wrote a chapter. It's kind of like writing a blog post, right? And I yep. wrote a chapter in three different books. I, I was on TV with one of them um, because I went and got free publicity because I was an author in my local area. And I mean, there's so many possibilities. I got more speaking gigs. I got paying clients because of being in those books. Um, and it's just yeah, it's huge to be authors. And now I have 16 books, 14 of which are compilation books and two are my own. So it's always good to be, I will be in anybody's book. Like it's good to have just more books. Now it's just a game. How many more can I get? Uh-huh. <laughs> well, it's kind of like getting on, on stages and yeah, you know, my business now is Network and Concierge about making introductions for joint ventures. Yeah. Um, which a lot of that's about stages or uh, guest blogging. Or, uh, you know, podcast interviews, webinars, all these different places. So, um, you know, guest authoring in a book or compilation books would be another one of those those spaces. It would be good. It would yeah. be good for your people, for sure. Yeah, no, that's, that's an interesting concept. Yeah, because I've always wondered how that works. I'm like, well, you know, you, you got 16 authors and I got to split the revenue 16 ways or how do you do that? But no, you need to be in there. So that's a... It's and the publisher, I mean, you don't make a lot of money from your book, on, especially if it's on Amazon. Okay. So yeah. I think I got my Amazon check uh, just the other day and it was like, I don't know, $40 for a quarter, like for the for three months, right? Maybe if I'm lucky. I don't even remember. I was trying to remember it because I was going to tell somebody that. Mm-hmm. Um, but literally, no, you don't make money. I make money. You put the book on your own website yep. and you can sell it there and make more money. But you can use it as I, I give a lot of my books away for free. Why yeah. not? If it's if they're going to read the book, they might like what I'm saying and then want to come and talk to me about my coaching and buy stuff. So I've made hundreds of thousands of dollars because people have read my book. Yes, and yeah. then come and talk to me. So you make the money in the back end. You yeah. have to have a back end. Like there's I've not made, a lot of money in books. I've made dozens of dollars selling my book. Dozens, <laughs> dozens <laughs> know, of right? Dollars, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah. Unless you're like a full on author, like a fiction author or a children's yeah. book author. And that's really what you want to do as the career. That's fine. Then you do it a little differently. You design your business a little differently. But for everybody who wants, anybody who wants to use the book as a, a lead generation tool or a marketing strategy, you know, that's, I recommend doing it as quick and as many as possible and mm-hmm. as inexpensively as possible. And it's fast that like, don't wait three years. Like that's how long it took me to write my first book. Three years because it had to be perfect. I had to get the story out. Oh, it's not done yet. I still have more. I have to experience in order to write more. Like, la, 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 la. I should have just written the book and then written a second book and then written a third book instead of waiting until what I thought was done because mm-hmm. it's better to have more books. So, yes. Yeah. yeah. Better get them out there. And, and yeah, because of course it's going to be the one that you, you left on the drawing board saying, eh, that one's not that good. That really pops off and everyone thinks it's amazing. Yeah, it is. It is. And it's usually whatever you think you should write about first should be the one that you should. That's like the main book that's going to probably help you grow your business. Yep. So so were you the jumpstart your business coach first or did you have the jumpstart book first? Um, I was the coach first. Okay. I, so, so, so the book is named after your business? Yes. So the, okay. the jumpstart your blank is named after the business. So back in when I started my business was like 19 and a half years ago. And I was Kesawa Consulting or something, right? Some mm-hmm. boring name. And then I went to Kesawa Marketing. And then I was in a mastermind and we came up with the brand Jumpstart Your Marketing. So I was Jumpstart Your Marketing 
from 2005 to 2000, like, um, 19 or something. And then I switched brands to jumpstart your biz now, um, because I did more than marketing. And so, but I've been in the, I have jumpstart everything, jumpstart, like, because I do, I can, I can talk about jumpstart your speaking, your book, your, mm-hmm. you know, your resources, your referrals. Your have, have you done jumpstart your networking yet? I did. I did a chapter. I own the domain. Sorry. You should. (laughs) Well, every time I write a chapter about something, I always buy the domain name, which is a huge tip, you guys. Like if you're going to write a chapter, because what happens is if you just, if you ever change your domain name of your website, then whatever forward slash links you had anywhere in print, (laughs) go, they die, right? And they're not valid anymore. So buy domain names and just keep forwarding them if you change the domain. Change yep, the URLs. Yep. Yeah, your domains are cheap. They're, they're twelve bucks a year, twenty bucks a year. Yeah, it makes yeah. all sense. But but so so, so I, I I missed the chance to get into your networking compilation. No, no. What uh, every year I have a different. You can have different topics, so you can ah. totally do jumpstart your networking in this book if you'd like. It's open, right. wide open. <laughs> yeah, because I, I I know a little about networking. I don't know. If you I know. know. I heard that. <laughs> Some people even call me a guy who knows a guy. A guy who knows a guy um, and a guy who knows a girl. Look at I'm yep. here. I'm not a guy, yep. I, right? I, I clarify in the introduction of my book, guy is gender neutral because the person who knows a person or the guy who knows a guy or gal or the man who knows a man or woman just doesn't have that same ring. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah, especially here in the you know New York, New Jersey area where it's like, hey, I got a guy. I got a, you need a guy. I got a guy for you, which is yeah. I don't live in New Jersey. I'm in Connecticut. Um, people don't talk like that here, but people understand. You know, they get it. They get that yes. got a guy thing. Um, but yeah, it was, I was asking about which came first because my, my book title came first. Yeah. And so I was the guy who wrote The Guy Who Knows a Guy. And <laughs> then I'd give it out at raffles at Chamber of Commerce events. And exactly like you said, I mean, I've, I've probably sold, I don't know, 200 copies of yeah. the book directly, but I've made about $50,000 off of it. Yeah. Um, because someone will read the book, say, oh, you're interesting. Let's meet. Okay, yeah, I'll buy, you know, I'll buy a twenty thousand uh, dollar marketing campaign, or I'll buy exactly whatever. Um, and then the chambers to make themselves sound cool would say, "Hey, look, it's the guy who knows the guy himself coming to our networking event." <laughs> so, so I got branded with my book's name, um, and then I had a website for the book when I was still selling other people's stuff, you know, selling printing and whatnot. And I'm like, well, I got this website. I guess I'll put this program on it. I guess I'll put this other program on it. And, so Smart. I walked backwards into having a business. Yeah. Well, and sometimes that happens and it can be very profitable. So, but a lot of people will say, oh no, I don't have a business or, oh no, I'm not a speaker. Oh no, I don't da 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 da. I'm like, but yes, you do. The perception is that you do. So make uh-huh. it into a business and you're going to make money. Otherwise you're just repelling income. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. When you have, when someone tries to give you money, take it, take, take it. it, figure yeah, it out. My wife is a crafting business and, and she'll, she'll make something for someone at like, so she, for, for Christmas, she was making memorial ornaments for like dogs who passed away. And she's like, Oh, I feel bad taking money for that. And I'm like, well, this isn't a charity. This yeah. is a business and right. people are willing to give you money. So stop feeling bad and start taking it. Yes. Uh, you know, it is very common for women, not yeah. all women, but many, many women feel mm-hmm. bad to ask for money or they feel bad. Char- this is what gets me. They feel bad for charging for things that come easy to them. 
and, <laughs> right? Oh, but I know how to show somebody this thing and I can do it really quickly. So, you know, yes, but everybody needs that and they're willing to pay for it. And I always say like you, whatever your genius is, is what you should charge the most for mm-hmm. your genius, which is the thing that comes easy to us is what you should charge the most for. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I even, not being a woman myself, I also had that challenge for a while, figuring out, you know, how do I charge, and and is it right, and, and can they afford it? And, and what I finally realized was, if you're if you're doing things you're genius at, anytime you're spending not doing that, because you got to pay the bills, you're you're not doing the thing you're meant to do. Yeah. So, you know, I, I was paying the bills driving Uber, um, because the business wasn't making money yet, and I realized, I'm great at making introductions. If I'm making introductions for free and then I have to drive Uber a whole bunch of hours a week, I'm not making introductions during that time. <laughs> and so if I just find people who can afford to pay me, then that frees me to do what I meant to do. Yes. And people always say, well, there's not enough people. Nobody wants to buy what I've got. And I said, well, you're just not talking to enough people. Yep. There are billions of people on this planet and all of us just need a teeny tiny bit. Yep. Of people to really make a good living and you're just not talking to enough people and you can't just talk to a couple dozen people every month mm-hmm. and you make a lot of money you can't you have to talk to hundreds of people every month this is why we speak this is why we go to networking events this is mm-hmm. why we do follow-up this is why we do emails and voicemails and all kinds of different marketing strategies and live videos and podcasts because we have to get in front of hundreds if not thousands of new potential people every month so that the few, the couple dozen that are interested will trickle through and pay attention. Yeah. Yeah. It's a numbers game. It always has been. It always will be. And it's just exponentially more than it used to be now because there's so many different avenues to find people on. Yeah. But of course now you can access so many more people too. You can. Yes, you can. I have clients now in the UK and London and Australia Canada, I would have never found them. You know, yep. we didn't yeah, so have we didn't have this stuff way back an, when when I started my time. business. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, uh, and and uh, well, and and I think it also comes down to you know how big the market is and talking to the right people. I think a lot of people too they talk to their friends, their family, their their natural market, and their natural market may not be their business market. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, if you're selling a $5,000 coaching program, your friends and family probably aren't your market. Right. Although I did have my cousin one time pay me $1,000 to come to one of my four-day training events. So okay. that's the most any of my relatives, yes, have ever paid me. Yep. <laughs> but I don't have that many relatives, so it's all yeah. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was a pretty good uh, percentage, a conversion percentage of all my relatives, frankly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yep. Yes. So, so do, do you work with your clients helping them kind of overcome that resistance to taking money, asking for money? Yes. It's the biggest, I mean, sales and marketing are the two most important things you have to literally constantly be honing your skills on and learning to improve on and get more comfortable with and get to mastery as much as fast as humanly possible in a business. Mm-hmm. Um, because, or somebody needs to be doing it in your business. Usually if you're a solopreneur, you only have, you know, 1099 staff or, or virtual assistants, then you're the salesperson. 
every once in a while I get somebody who says, well, I just want to hire a salesperson so I could do what I love over here, like helping people and coach people and running events. And I'm like, good luck with that. Because a really good salesperson, I've been one, wants at least a minimum of $100,000 a year. You can't afford to pay a good salesperson a good amount of money to uh, sell for you. Like, So you need to learn how to sell. Period. Yep. End of story. And you have to, selling is not bad. It's mm -hmm. not bad. You're helping so many people with whatever it is you do. You just have to figure that out and as soon as possible. Yep. And of course, yeah, if you're working, if you're really in your strength and you're in the place where people need what you do, selling becomes very different. Then it's people talk to you. You know, with, with my network and concierge service, I don't prospect and close, I have conversations and vet who I'm going to let into my program. Right. It's a total flip. You know, and, and once you get to that point, it's not because like, I'm so attractive. People just want to be my program. It's because I found the place where I, I scratch the itch they have and the right people are like, yeah, of course, where do I sign up? How soon can we start? Yeah. Yeah. You want to attract them with mm -hmm. your personality, with your energy, with the right words that come out, you know, the right things you're saying, the right... Um, next steps, perhaps, like, we'll mm -hmm. just, let's have a conversation, you know, inviting people and offering rather than pushing, pulling or whatnot. Yep. Yeah. So, so with your, your clients, when you teach them how to, to attract you, do you do anything in terms of like, you know, joint ventures and shared audiences and those kinds of things? Yeah. When they're ready for it okay. and, and you can be ready sooner than later, but you have to really have the right foundation. So one of the biggest things that I see that most clients that come to me don't have are all the systems in place, meaning mm. they often don't have a landing page for a free gift to opt yep. in for, um, which is critical. If you're going to do a lot of online talks and networking, you got to send people to a page, right? And not your Facebook page. Uh, you need yeah, to send them to your website, get them on the list. And then there's got to be email marketing. And too many people, even if they have all those great freebies, they're still not consistent with email marketing. And they're not adding other things like direct mail and phone. I mean, you've got to still do those things. Because the one thing, you, you can't control where your email goes. It could go in spam, trash, or promotion. You mm -hmm. can't um, control where your Facebook post or your private message is going to, if it's going to be seen, if you're not connected with somebody mm -hmm. so you can control you can control the voicemail if they have a, a phone number and they give you the right phone number and you can control a, something in the mail you can you know ensure people are going to see your mail if you mm -hmm. send it to them and i know that's old school but i've been doing it all along i have never left it because you have to catch them in multiple ways these days yeah well it, it, it mails a mails a powerful platform because you know it as, as someone I saw on Facebook today said, when everyone else zigs, you zag. So when everyone is fleeing direct mail like a burning building, that's a great time to start sending direct mail. Yeah. It's always been a good time to send direct mail, but even so more now because mm -hmm. there's less of it. The only thing in the, in the mail, people always say, well, I hate the mail. Well, yeah, because you got credit card applications and bills, right? <laughs> and a few local ads perhaps or the mailers that come. Mm -hmm. But anything fun from someone you know or met or have, you know, like, uh, that's the first thing you open, right? Yep. So like, <laughs> you got to send fun mail, not boring letter mail. Mm -hmm. so. Yep. So so with, with sending fun mail, uh, do you do that? Do you recommend people do that themselves or their service that you use? Well, of course, you could use the send out cards or there's mm -hmm. um, the, the other, uh, I forget the name of it, the... Mailbox power? Mailbox. What is it? Mailbox power. 
That one. Yeah, that's that's a newer one. Um, and in fact, I just met the owner of that one. That was cool at a conference recently. Oh, and so there's those kinds of things. They can send brownies and flowers. And a lot of times I use 1-800-Flowers too and send stuff to clients, you know, bigger gifts, uh, birthday gifts and things like that, flowers or something like that. But if you're just sending direct mail, I like to go to the dollar store, frankly, uh, mm. and do things, uh, get little things like a spooky CD for Halloween. I'll go buy 40 spooky CDs and I'll send them in a, like a bubble wrap envelope, which is going to get opened, right? With a note or something like that to the top 40 prospects or clients or whatever. Or you, for New Year's one year, I put a bunch of confetti in a manila envelope with um, one of those, like a hat, you know, the paper hats you wear, and even a shot glass, a plastic shot glass that you would wear around your neck uh, for before New Year's. And um, I got so much response from that because my clients and friends were opening it like in random places and the confetti was going everywhere. They're like, I just opened your present in my car, Katrina, ah, girl, right? And they were laughing and also cursing me at the same time. It was hilarious. <laughs> Uh, I, I was gonna say, do you send these to the clients who didn't buy your program? Or the, the prospects who turn you down, you send them the confetti, or is this one right? You gotta be creative, memorable, and fun mm -hmm. in order to get noticed and and, and remembered, right? Yeah, yep. Yeah, no, it doesn't yeah. have to cost a lot of money, but you yep. gotta do some creative things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. Um, now, it's, so so it turns out. Um, yeah, that, that mindset challenge, because uh, it sounds like you work with a lot of people who kind of need to get over the their their mental blocks. Um, what do you find the most effective ways to move them from, oh, I'm not sure, I don't want to be salesy, I don't want to be pushy, to having the confidence to really, you know, d deliver, share their greatness with the world? <laughs> well, my methodology is a lot different from your normal mindset coach, because I'm not really a mindset coach. Right. I'm a business coach. I want to help you make more money, and I want to do it today. So I have a little stop it button and a stop it paddle that I show them. And you can't see this, but you can hear it. And so it's this little button, like an easy button, right? But uh -huh. it's a little bit smaller and I'll send it in the mail. I'll put it on the call with them or like stop it. So when I do that enough times, somebody finally usually gets it. Now, if they need a lot more than that, then I usually you know, refer them out to somebody that can really go deep with them or something like that. That's not yep. really my thing, but, um, that, that serves most of my clients, I'd say. Hmm, that makes sense. Okay. <laughs> so, so kind of that, that, that feedback of like, you're doing it again. Yeah. Just keep doing it. And then what, you know, all you have to do is get paid. Once you get paid once, it's like, Oh my God, somebody paid me the rate that I wanted. Right. Mm -hmm. And then you get paid again. It's like, Oh my God, somebody did it again. And then after three times I tell you, okay, now it's time to raise your rates. And so you raise your rates after three times and then you rate and three more sales and then raise your rates again. Cause usually nobody's charging enough right out of the gate. They're scared. Right. So, yeah. but you have to charge as much as you can say without stuttering. If you stutter, you lose the sale. So, uh, you know, even if I think you're worth $500 an hour, but you can only say $150 an hour, then you say $150 an hour because you won't say the five and you'll never make money. So yeah. Yeah. What's your rate? Right? <laughs> you have to ease your way into it. Hell, I started at $59 an hour for consulting, mm -hmm. then went to 79. And then I think I went to 95 because I was scared to go over 100. And then I went to like 125. And then I think I went to a conference where I saw a bunch of entrepreneurs. And I'm like, 
what you're charging what and i came back from that and i doubled i went from 125 to 250 and then yep. the next time i went back to that conference i came back at like 500 dollars an hour um and yeah so now sometimes it's up to a thousand it just depends on whatever i'm doing but yeah you you have to surround yourself though with people who are doing bigger things and and growing and stretching so that you catch that bug instead of the yeah, complainer yeah. whiner bug that's not making any money. Yeah, that, that's huge. And and also, you know, if you're selling a business service like marketing or like networking or something like that, then it's it's what's it worth? You know, would you pay $1,000 for $10,000? Uh, is that yeah. your question? All yeah. day long, 10 times, give me five. Um, and so when, when you realize that, that, you know, you're, you're not just selling an hour of your time, you're selling the ability to make $5,000. Well, yeah, 95 bucks an hour is pretty cheap for that. Right. So. Well, in business for sure. And then you've got all those soft sell clients too, though. Like I have a relationship client friend, a relationship coach friend who charges $10,000 for the year, mm-hmm. which um, is, but she guarantees you're going to find your Mr. Right or your, you know, your partner by the end of the year. And if you don't, she'll continue working with you for free. Right. What kind of guarantee? That's a guarantee, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's if I would have paid that, I paid $12,000 to find my Mr. Right. I hired a matchmaking service. I went to three relationship workshops because guess what? It wasn't, it was, it was about me, not them. Like I needed to work on myself too, to find the right guy. And then mm-hmm. I was on like two different uh, paid online dating sites. I mean, when the year that I was all in to find my Mr. Right after my first divorce, was the year I said, okay, in January, this is the year. And I paid up to $12,000 for all that stuff. And in six months, I found the guy that I'm now married to. It was amazing. So you got to go all in. And so the when people say, oh, it's not worth it. Yeah, it was worth it to me at the time. Now, mm-hmm. three years before that, I probably wouldn't have done that. But yep. when I was ready, I was ready and I was ready to buy. Yeah. 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 That's huge thing in my business is realizing that instead of trying to you know be a coach teaching people networking for a hundred bucks an hour, 150 bucks an hour or whatever. Um, I could get thousands of dollars from the right people who had their infrastructure set up, who were ready to join ventures where the right, in- right introductions worth $50,000. And yeah. what I was charging was peanuts uh, to, to the kind of revenues they make. Um, totally. And at the same time, more than I'd ever charged before. So I was like, okay, let's go. Here we go. But I knew what they could make because I was working in that space and it was a very, very easy. And they didn't blink. They're like, what's it cost? I told them what it costs. Like, oh yeah, sure. Whatever. And I've had a couple, I've actually had one who renegotiated basically said, I'm not paying you enough for what you're doing. And I want your interests aligned with mine. So we're changing the structure. So you make more. Yeah. Um, Cause that's the thing about working with coaches. They're like, I, I don't want you to get bored and wander off. Cause I think I need what you do. So let's, let's renegotiate that, which was, was a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I, I, I've had more than one time where, where people have negotiated me up. Um, I, I went to speak, I offered to speak for free and they're like, yeah, we'd love to have you speak, but not for free. How much do you want? Best negotiation ever. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't happen very often, unfortunately, but, <laughs> yep. but, 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 you know, once you've established that value, um, and you, you know, people get to know you, that's how, you know, um, that, yes. that's, that's how, you know, like people are, are seeing what you're doing and you're, you're giving a lot of value. I agree. Do that. But, but yeah, yeah. M- most, most clients who are not going to be like, this is too low. Um, you, we're going to have to pay you more. 
I know. I agree. I wish that would happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you got to inch your rates up until you feel completely valued. It's value pricing. So sometimes you don't have to plot out, okay, how many hours am I spending? What am mm-hmm. I including? And then, okay, so that means this price has to be this. It doesn't necessarily have to be that. You can just say, well, I feel valued delivering all the stuff I want to deliver for X dollars. Yep. And then you just offer X dollars. And then if, if people want it, they want it. If they don't, they don't. But don't undervaluate, under uh, undervalue what you're worth because you'll resent it after yeah. you do it too many times. And you'll hate those clients that are taking too much from you when you shouldn't should have charged more in the first place. Yes. It's like, oh, it's that guy. I'm only getting like 50 bucks for this. Oh, yeah. 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 That's how you know you're charging way too low. Right. Or working in the wrong space. Yeah. Working outside of your, outside of your flame. Well, this has been great to have you on here. This conversation gone to lots of interesting and valuable places. So I'm glad we, we had you here. Really interesting talking about the, the uh, joint, you know, the team, team books, uh, contributed books. Uh, That's a really great concept. And um, maybe I want to talk to you more about that offline as well. So uh, if people want to get in touch with you, what is the best way for them to do that? Well, I'm all over social and I answer my own messages. So you can find me on Facebook primarily, but I'm on LinkedIn. Um, my website has a ton of free stuff on it. You want to check it out. Uh, if you want me to give the link, I can. Yep, go ahead. Say, say jumpstart, that loud. Not looking yeah, jumpstartyourbiznow.com forward slash free trainings. And there's a free training about writing a book, becoming a speaker, jumpstarting your business, uh, your website, all kinds of different things on there you can get access to for free. Um, reach out. Happy to chat. Don't be Very scared. I don't fight. I right. only tell you to stop it. <laughs> yep. And this is... And, and as I always say, when, when, I, when our guests say reach out, they mean that. Like yeah. you, listener, the one who's like, oh, she sounds like she knows her stuff. Yeah, you're the one who's supposed to reach out. Don't don't right? listen to it and be like, eh, I don't know. If she I don't wants know to talk who you are me. and how to find you. Yep. <laughs> and people don't reach out because they think, oh, she's just going to sell me. No, I, I might give you some really great advice and then let you on your way and you'd be fine. But, oh, I, yeah. Don't yeah, my, be scared. My, my, my business that I have now is because of a lot of free advice I got last year and people, a lot, whole bunch of really smart, really generous people just pointing me in the right direction yeah. uh, all the way down the road. And a lot of them on these, on these podcast interviews, uh, learning yeah. from them because I was totally lost in the weeds when I started the year. And I said, let me get a bunch of smart people in conversation, see what happens. So uh, Katrina is one of those smart people. So you should talk to her listener as I look straight <laughs> at the camera, as if that matters in the audio podcast, they can right. hear me looking straight at the camera. So you listener, go to jumpstartyourbiznow.com slash free trainings and check that out. So uh, is there anything that I, I didn't ask or any final parting wisdom you would like to leave our, our listeners with? Oh, you asked a lot of stuff. I don't know. Um, the only or thing something I would say, most important, most important thing they should, they should come out of here. The only, yeah. The only thing I would say is that the reminder that indecision is a decision Mm. and in order to really move forward and get where you want to go in life or in your business and design the business around the kind of life you want to live and stop working so hard is taking action, talking to people, learning stuff, honing your skills, um, getting coaches or in masterminds and getting to networking events and doing more and getting in front of more people. You don't have to work 400 hours a week doing it if you put the right stuff in place. But if you don't know what you don't know, you have to ask. Mm, That's some some great advice and great place to leave us. So thank you so much for Katrina for being on the show. This has been great for me and I'm sure our listeners have learned a lot as well. Thanks, Michael. 
This has been the Guy Who Knows a Guy podcast with your host, Michael Whitehouse. This great theme song is by Patrick Howard. If you found this valuable, please subscribe, leave a review, and share this podcast. Find the full archive of all episodes at guywhoknowsaguy.com slash podcast. Check out my other podcast, Morning Motivation. It's a daily podcast of two to five minutes with a powerful hit of motivation and inspiration to get your day started. Morningmotivation.fun or search for Morning Motivation wherever you listen to podcasts. Join the community online in the Morning Motivation Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Morning Motivation Podcast. JV Connect is coming up quick, December 12th and 13th. If you are looking for a networking event where you can meet people who aren't looking to just pitch you or take, but actually want to collaborate, build strategic partnerships, joint ventures, maybe even find some mentors, some coaches, people to support you, accountability partners, who knows? If you're looking for good people in an environment that's not stressful, but is set up to give you a lot of great connections in an efficient amount of time, check out JV Connect, jv-connect.com. That's jv connect.com, December 12th and 13th, 2023. We'll see you there.